On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Today being the 1st of May means that it is the day in which the carbon tax for household fuels is on the rise. That means that from today, it will cost ever so slightly more to get another fill of uh, uh, oil for your home heating tank, for example, or generally to try and heat your home a little bit more. It's going to cost just a little bit more. We're joined on the line by an adjunct professor of economics at Trinity College Dublin, but also a member and former chair of the Climate Change Advisory Council, John Fitzgerald. John, can you explain exactly your view on whether what we're doing now is a good thing? The rise in the carbon tax is necessary, (coughs) and both the last Oireachtas and this Oireachtas have supported it. Um, the reason is that you need to tell people that prices are going to rise. And if you invest in retrofitting your house or buying an electric car, you'll make savings. Um, at the moment, um, the effect of the carbon tax is completely swamped by the rise in oil prices. But oil prices will go back down. So you need to tell people that even if we get through this, uh, the problem in oil prices and they go back down, you're still going to make money if you invest in uh, protecting the environment. There is one other aspect to this, um, just in terms of environmental policy by the government. While there will be an increase in fuel bills of possibly under two euros uh, a, a month, um, as well as the, as well as the carbon tax um, from today, in October, um, you'll save six to eight euros uh, every two months on your electricity bill because uh, the wind electricity that's blow, that we're using is so much cheaper than the o- o- gas electricity and coal electricity that actually we're going to make savings. So actually, the lesson from this is tackling the environment on the electricity sphere um, it could actually be good for us, not bad for us, and certainly good for the environment. That's the first time that I've heard that being explained, John, that there will be a discount coming, because I know that there's supposed to be the renegotiation of the uh, the, the public service levy that's kind of levied as part of the bill, and that was likely to come down anyway. But you're saying that the presence of wind power is going to mean that electricity bills will come down later in the year, no matter what? Yeah, because the levy is there to pay a subsidy to wind, and wind needs a subsidy when um, the price is a normal price uh, for electricity from gas and coal. But the price of gas and coal has gone through the roof. So um, the price of electricity has gone up and wind is actually making money without a subsidy. So we don't need to pay for the subsidy. Okay, that's how that works. That's fascinating. Um, just going back to the the point about the increase of carbon tax and, and your point about uh, people needing to be given some kind of indication that they're going to be penalised and that some sort of alternative energy would be preferential. Is there a case to be made, though, that given the way that uh, natural mineral prices have risen in the last couple of months anyway, that this present carbon tax increase maybe could have been warranted but still delayed because people will feel like they're being hit unduly in the pocket if the price of the natural resource is going up and then the government's take is going up on top of it? Uh, look, the, the effect of the carbon tax on people's fuel bills, they would not notice. Um, what they're noticing is the fact that we have to pay Mr. Putin um, uh, and the Saudi Arabians a lot more for European gas um, and oil. Um, that's what's driving the price. Um, I, 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 but the price of oil will come back, come down sometime in the future. I can't say when. And when it does, we need people to know that actually buying an electric car will still make sense. But even if the increase in home heating oils or home heating fuels is a marginal one, is it not still a little bit... 
does it not come across as being a bit of a tin ear to those who are hard pressed or those that it's a bit unfair that you would increase carbon taxes, even if it is only by a modest amount at the same time as the natural price is going up so much anyway? Well, the revenue from this increase, instead of going to Mr. Putin or uh, the Saudi Arabians, goes to the Irish government. And the Irish government is spending it on protecting those on low incomes. If they don't get revenue, where are, are they going to compensate those who are uh, affected by the carbon tax? So the carbon tax brings in revenue and slightly more than compensates those uh, who are particularly disadvantaged. Um, um, in the way the government uses the revenue. You, you could so, argue, though, that the, the, the higher uh, increase of, of oils and everything else and the higher excise and the higher VAT that comes in, in tandem with that then would mean the government would still have enough of its coffers to pay for those measures without needing a carbon tax at the same time. The government are going to have many calls on their resources. Like, you're talking in terms of two, three billion for Ukrainian refugees. Um, <clears throat> there are a whole series of things. So I think that it is right that when we pay more in carbon tax, that it goes back into protecting those. And you, about a third of it is needed to ensure that those on low incomes don't suffer. And the rest is going to help retrofit houses and so on. Um, I, I think tying the two makes sense that you can say to people, actually, this is going to be good for you in the long run and good for the environment. What do you make of the, the route that has been in the last couple of weeks about the proposal to ban the industrial sale of sod turf from September? The minister is in a very difficult situation with his hands tied behind his back. He has received uh, information um, that the evidence shows that over a thousand people a year die from the pollution from burning coal and turf. Um, he also knows that burning turf and coal is very bad for the environment, for global warming. Do you ignore the fact that there are excess deaths as a result of this? Um, and say it'll upset the turf cutters. Um, uh, What the minister would like to do is exempt turf because it's politically difficult and just go after coal. But I'm pretty sure the legal advice he has got is if you go after coal and don't go after turf, you lose in the courts because you're, you're treating coal unfairly. Now, so you'd have to treat all, say, all low quality solid fuels as being one and the same? Yeah, he can't come out and say this because if he says, I'm trying to target coal and largely exempt turf, that'll be used in evidence against him. So what he would have liked to have done, I'm sure, was go into a room with the turf cutters and say, look, how can we find a way of not impacting too much on you in the short run and going after coal? But if he did that, he'd lose in court. So the minister's hands are tied. I think he has to, if you receive evidence that there are thousands of Irish people dying every year who don't need to die, um, uh, you really have to take action. Um, you've seen with uh, uh, all the controls and so on with COVID, the government had to take action to protect us. So the minister has to take action, but he can't do the action that he would like because of legal constraints. I suspect one of the difficulties that there might be here, and although I haven't heard this kind of rationed out, is that, you know, you've, you've explained there that there's over a thousand people who die every year from air pollution. I think the official figure, official estimate is, is 1,300. And, and that is put down to what's called particulate matter, which is tiny particles or droplets in the air that are of a certain size, which are largely produced from the combustion of, of fossil fuels. It is, is it not also the case that those particles would be created by combustion engines, people just driving petrol yep. and diesel cars anyway? So if you were to say 1,300 people die from that pollution every year, granted, I'm, I'm not saying that we should accept that level of deaths, but that the burning of sod turf relative to 
people having two million cars in their driveways across the country seems like it would be a fairly small contributor to that. The, the burning sod turf in rural Ireland probably doesn't have a huge impact. It just gets diluted in the air. It's in urban areas, um, in, in villages and towns where the problem lies. And it's not just that it's asthma. Um, um, like our two children, two of our children had developed bad asthma in the 1980s when we found ourselves in Crumlin Hospital. Um, Smoky coal was banned in 1990. Um, and um, asthma is much less of a problem today. So th- there are good reasons for doing this, but um, the, the, it, 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 the smoky coal ban worked and improved health. Mm. And doing going one step further would improve health. What about then the financial argument of that? Because one of the complaints that you do get from the small number of households, and I suspect it is only now a small number of households that use sod turf as their primary means of, of heating the home through winter, is that obviously not only is it abundantly available in some parts of the country, but it's also the cheapest model for them to be able to heat their homes. You could potentially get enough sod turf for €500 Euro to be able to heat the house for the entirety of winter. And they would say that even if they were open-minded towards making an environmentally conscious or, or beneficial change, that they simply cannot afford to consider any other fuel given the margins that they're operating on. All right. What should have happened was three, four years ago, there are about 100,000 households who depend on solid fuel for heating. Largely rural, largely uh, uh, tend to be low income and tend to be elderly. And the, the, the thing to do is to go out and retrofit those houses um, and especially if they're on low income, you do it for free. So you move them into a heating system that works for them. I cut turf in the Dublin mountains after 1979 um, oil price prices. I didn't know the environmental damage I was doing. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed cutting going up the Dublin mountains, and especially if it was sunny, sort of cutting the turf and uh, stacking it and so on. Um, but what I discovered was it was rotten for heating. Um, if, you, if I'd been relying on that, I would have bloody froze. So um, actually helping people to move away from turf, especially if they're elderly, um, also moving turf around, stacking it and so on, compared to having a, a, a heat pump or oil or gas heating, it's much more difficult for elderly people. So actually the solution, the problem is it will take time, is to go in and work with those households to replace their heating systems insulate the houses, make them safe and comfortable and get rid of the turf. Okay, uh, we will leave it there. Uh, John Fitzgerald, uh, former chair and a member of the Climate Change Advisory Council, thank you for joining us this lunchtime on the record on the day that carbon tax rises for home heating fuels. Um, on the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.